Remember when the show had like um, racially charged analogies for a little while, and then oh yeah, yeah, I kind of forgot that they did nothing with those. Yeah, yeah, much like they do nothing with anything. <laughs> yeah, they just acknowledge that race is a thing, and mm-hmm. and then they solved racism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, mission Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Kree and Skrull of all ages, welcome to MCU Beyond Infinity, a show where fellow like-minded Marvelites have assembled to discuss, review, theorize, and wax intellectual over any and all things related to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My name is John, and I'm thrilled to be joined by my co-host and shape-shifting beloved, Travis, to discuss the fourth episode of MCU's newest Disney Plus series, Secret Invasion, Beloved. With four episodes in the bag and two episodes left in the series, Secret Invasion remains a slow-burn thriller with twists and turns that never amount to much of anything, let alone much excitement for the viewer. Three of the four episodes have ended with Gravik, the villain, shooting or stabbing one of Nick Fury's allies. Plot threads with potential to reach interesting emotional depths, such as Nick Fury and his secret scroll wife Priscilla finding themselves at odds and within opposing alliances, or Talos and Gaia's wanting to achieve the same thing, but in ideologically different ways. They're literally squandered away in single almost throwaway scenes rather than prolong this tension and prove that the extended serialized storytelling of a television series was the best and only way for this tale to be told rather than in a two hour standard film secret invasion almost immediately resolves everything truly failing to take advantage of the narrative room. It's six episode format can afford now Travis Imagine, if you will, that the creative team behind this series conceived a more subtle approach to their development of the scrolls. Wouldn't it have been fun for the viewership and kind of word of mouth to have garnered the same or similar galaxy brain theorizing that it had during WandaVision where the audience was literally believing a random rabbit or neighbor number four was Mephesto in disguise? Wouldn't this have been the place to start that kind of discourse as opposed to just having these half-hearted kind of lazy reveals? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw on Marvel's Facebook page where they made a post asking, when did you think Rhodey was a scroller? When did you figure it out or whatnot? When you fucking announced the show and he was in it, and he was the only one of any note that was in it. (laughs) And then when we started watching it, and you immediately told us. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing to this thing. Yeah. This isn't the worst episode or anything, but I'm I'm progressively getting more sour on the thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even when it has, um, you know, like a spark of 
of anything, whether it be action or excitement or again, the, the acting is good. Um, this episode did kill off other than Olivia Coleman, the person who I was most excited to see on screen whenever he would pop up um, mm-hmm. with Ben Mendelsohn. But again, like I didn't love this secret invasion comic book um, crossover very much, but I did think it was a fun kind of marketing campaign with who could you trust? Very similar to the way the MCU had that marketing campaign with civil war. Which side are you on? Yeah. And this show has none of that at all, (laughs) at all. It doesn't introduce any characters with any weights or any context. Anything. Yeah, to nothing with, oh my God, has that person been a scroll the whole time? Like, if there was more of uh, Olivia Olivia Coleman and then she ends up being a scroll in episode six, like, maybe that would have been fun, but I barely fucking see her this entire fucking time. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, Olivia Coleman is the scroll empress at the end of the fucking thing. That would be all right, but I don't think we're going to get it, but... uh, Yeah, having... What's her name? Um, the chick from How I Met Your Mother, uh, Colby Smolders. Like, if she lasted the whole series and all of a sudden she was a fucking scroll, that would have been cool. Or if she lasted the whole series, they added more to her personality and you know, everything that we hadn't seen much of. She just pops in here and there and does stuff throughout the rest of the MCU, and it's not enough to, for me to get fully invested. Other than that, they got a good actress for this thing, but did really. It, it, it's uh, fucking crazy. And like Rhodey is a day one MCU character, right? He has been in this universe for 15 years from the first Marvel Studios film in Iron Man, where he's played by Terrence Howard and then replaced a year later or two years later by by Don Cheadle. Um we know very little about this human being because they really don't give a lot of room. I think the most we learned about him was this week where he kind of talked about wrestling and liquor a little bit. Right. And his turn was just handed to us. So kind of overtly and like all this episode really did for me was like, up its cgi visual effects budget but it it still like fails to make any emotional impact and just like continues to like squander the chance of making any mark on the mcu as a whole and i'm genuinely concerned that feige and marvel studios as a like as a corporation are still in the mindset that the viewers out there and the casual fan is going to have seen everything. So when they go into Miss Marvel, Mm -hmm. they know why everything is the way it is. Or the big one in this episode that got me thinking is, um, you know, the president almost dies at the end of this episode. We hear Rhodey trash the president and we know uh, Thunderbolt Ross played by Harrison Ford is going to be playing the you know, a part in the new Captain America movie with Anthony Mackie, where he's been promoted to the president of the United States. And it's like, are they going to somehow like beat the scrolls, but the United States is going to be like 
our president's a fucking coward, impeach him, or there's an election and Thunderbolt's mm-hmm. rise to power is because of this president's inability to control the scroll problem. And like 90% of the audience is going to go into this new Captain America movie being like, the fuck did this happen? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, if they don't watch the show, they may not even fucking address any scroll related stuff. Maybe it's like an Easter egg you know, on a newspaper or something, but I'm just have Thunderbolt be the president whenever we meet him. But then we're losing the fun connective tissue. Oh yeah. That that was kind of like the bread and butter of the of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it's like not the thing I always went to Marvel movies for, you know, I, I loved seeing all of the Avengers team up in the first Avengers. And I thought, mm-hmm. you know, infinity war and fucking Endgame was kind of like an unprecedented triumph of, Oh my God, they actually pulled all of this off, like tying in 19 or however many uh, iterations of, of the franchise had been into it, into a single film and then having this culmination, you know, I, I didn't care about the connective tissue as much. And I was kind of like, if they want to get loosey goosey with it, that's fine. But it was fun. Does, do any of these things like necessarily matter? Or is it like I said, it was the bread and butter. Are they, are they uh, smearing the butter too thin? Like not enough butter on the bread at this point. Yeah. 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 We were talking before we went on and I said that I kind of like to see them get down to like one or two shows a year. And then, like two or three movies at most, at most. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just so they can plan these out, things out and how they're going to connect together a little bit better. The themes are so, are showing so much in the, in the show and fucking last few kind of, other than it's- Guardians. Yeah, which which felt like its own standalone thing, and Wakanda yes. Forever felt like its own standalone thing. So did She-Hulk in a lot of ways, even though that incorporated, you know, the Marvel Universe. And, like, there's parts in this episode where Rhodey makes fun of Nick Fury for the idea of, like, going into court and being like, yes, Your Honor, it was actually a shape-shifting alien. And I'm like, wasn't that a plot of an entire... Don't they have a branch of law dedicated to this now? Like, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no the idea of shapeshifters isn't a foreign concept to them. Concept of aliens isn't a foreign concept to them. So <laughs> shapeshifting aliens shouldn't be that far outside the realm of possibility in this universe. And yet it is. Yes. Yeah. But here they make it seem like it's Nobody a big deal that <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When it's literally showing up in like petty court, you know what I mean? It's <laughs> <laughs> with Megan the Stallion, right? Yeah. The show could use a little bit more Megan the Stallion. Like imagine Megan the Stallion was a scroll the whole time or that that cackling uh witch lady from mm-hmm. Asgard was a scroll the whole time like that. Do something fun. Like even the levity in the show it like doesn't really work that well when it's trying to be funny. Um, I, I really, I, I don't get a cackle out of any of it. And I think that this episode benefited from its, its short runtime. And like you mentioned wanting, I, I benefited from the short runtime. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. 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 A hundred percent. Um, there was some levity in this episode and yeah, I agree. It, it did not work for me. I, uh, 
I was annoyed at it more than anything. Yeah. It felt forced and I know there's a lot of those little tension there could have been in one scene where it's Mm -hmm. there's nothing Mm -hmm. there, but (laughs) even if there had been it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You mentioned wanting, you know, one or two movies a year and, and one or two television series a year. Um, I, I really just want the television series to be made with the intent of we're making this on television for a reason. Like there's a reason we're prolonging this narrative over a course of time that you wouldn't be able to get within a film. And then I want the films to f- feel different from those television series. Yeah. You want there to be intent. Like yeah, making a movie because you have an idea for a movie that you'd have to make and not because you have the rights to something and uh yeah. yeah and we reserve these cinema dates and we have this like you know we have this roadmap it's like there has to be room for improvisation and mm-hmm. you know before we went on air we were talking about how um marvel studios used to announce things in phases or half phases mm-hmm. and um that's not the case with uh phases five and six we got the entire thing announced in two two chunks like at at that San Diego Comic-Con where they announced the first run of all the Disney Plus shows and and you know starting with Black Widow and and ending with with Secret Wars mm-hmm. and then we got that second run of uh was it D23 where we got those announcements but you know they have like 25 projects pretty much like in the pan trying to cook at the same time and you know just put some of the juggling balls down and and focus on the one or two things right in front of you i think it would be uh a big benefit you know yeah yeah were you happy that our uh our friend denarius stormborn uh you know that that huge moment of tension last week where where the the big name actress who who's in this series only got 10 minutes of screen time and then got unceremoniously killed before we could, uh, you know, finish baking or half baked fucking plot, uh, rises from the grave. Pretty much. I was ecstatic. Uh, almost oh. as much as you're going to be whenever she joins the young Avengers. Oh. She can be the whole thing. They can just. Oh my God. Could you imagine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I can. I, I don't think they would. Surely fucking not. I no, I don't care about this character. I don't... Why is this hard over? <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I called her coming back to life because of the way they shot it, and then they didn't use the uh, extended shot of the the scene or whatever, but sure. it's like from the other angle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I'm so bummed out if they make her the Hulkling... And they're like, listen, neckbeards in China, we hear you. We hear you. Yeah, we still want yeah, yeah. dollar. Yeah. Uh, like, we're scared of gay people still, too, despite how woke we pretend to be. You yes, know? Yes. Uh, uh, so here's this actress who's not afraid to show her boobies and um, who's probably like 35 at this point and has no place in the Young Avengers, you know? Mm. Like, even Florence Pugh is kind of too old for the Young Avengers yeah, at this point. Well, she'd be in Thunderbolts. That's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's her Young Avengers. Exactly, exactly. Uh. Um, I mean, we had seen more footage of 
Amelia Clark's character in the trailers where, you know, there's some action <laughs> set pieces. So I'm like, of course they didn't kill her. But again, there's just. All yeah, these Marvel movies. lies with their trailers sometimes. So they do yeah, all yeah. the time, like pretty yeah, yeah. much all the time, even with their big movies. Like there's that famous shot from the uh, Infinity War trailer of Hulk running through Wakanda. Yes. Yes, there is. That's mm-hmm. the, the big uh, example, I think. Right? <laughs> yeah, that and, and all the Thor stuff from uh, Endgame, where mm. you literally didn't know that it was going to be Big Lebowski Thor until uh, the theaters. You know yes, what I mean? Yes. Which I still think was fun. I know people are like, oh, they nerfed Thor and made him a joke. And I was like, yeah, but like. I, I don't. Wouldn't... I didn't like it uh, for two hours. If I can. Yeah. It's fine. Like, if I can. Uh, the joke is just fucking beaten to death in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, we find out that Amelia Clark, before she got revealed to be working with Talos, like, snuck into the super. Yeah, yeah. With her dad. Yeah. Like, yeah. snuck into the super scroll lab and used the super scroll machine to. I don't think she. Um, got all the super scroll powers. Like I, I actually had to rewatch this because we decided mm-hmm. to watch it on Wednesday to determine if we should talk <laughs> about it or not. I'm still regretting my choice. Uh, yeah. But I noticed like, did you notice like the, uh, the little like computer uh, television monitor as she was like giving herself the super scroll serum, there was like uh, almost like a power meter, like on like a trading card from back in the day where yes, it's like, yes. oh, stamina, like power. Like, yeah. Um, I kind of dug that. Um, but I, all I saw was the extremist power. I didn't see the Groot or the frost giant or any of those things. And one first throw, I guess maybe then. I don't know. I don't uh, know. I mean, we know more than one. he's got it all. Yeah. Yeah. The man's got it all. They got their fake fantastic four powers, right? Like, uh, <laughs> They got the stretchiness with Groot, the flame boy stuff like Johnny mm-hmm. with Extremis. Um, the, the icy, uh, the icy blue. To, like, an invisible ones, energy mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the, the Black Order uh, call Obsidian with uh, ben, Benjamin Grimm. Um, so they can cover people. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Or they could have just waited to do Super Scrolls until we got Fantastic Four. Who knows? They sure could have. They sure could have. Yeah, but thank God Daenerys Stormborn's back. Uh, she wakes up instantly in her human form, which I thought was interesting because, like, I thought the whole point of the Scrolls, mm. you know, thing was to, like, be themselves on earth like that's all they want otherwise they wouldn't be like starting actual fucking acts of war and terrorism on the planet yeah, um, yeah. this kind of reminds me of another uh shapeshifter in mystique right by jennifer lawrence and how she's a very proud mutant but she's suspiciously mm-hmm. jennifer lawrence most of the time in her later appearances Yes. It's almost as if these attractive actresses put something in their contract where they had to show their attractive faces and not be in gobbledygook face makeup, you know? Um, It's one of the things, like, I don't love, love the Deadpool movies the way a lot of people do, Mm -hmm. but um, one of the things I do kind of appreciate about them is, like, their lack of handsome Ryan Reynolds, and he wears the mask a great deal, or when he doesn't, his face is, like, legitimately fucked up, you know what I mean? Where a lot of actors with 
need to be seen. Egos. Yeah, they just need to be seen. Exactly. Exactly. Um, it's funny that like extremist was created by aim from like plants. It has like the regenerative powers of plants, but people can breathe fire as like <laughs> this way to like. There was a, his- a glitch in the uh, manufacturing process or something. If memory serves, like how it was developed. Uh, if they become damaged, they explode and they can yes. fire or something. Yes. But Tony fixed that, and that's how we saved Pepper Potts. That's true. Yes. And Tony had this amazing technology that would have like cured cancer and just like kept it for himself, I guess. Who the fuck knows? You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, <laughs> That's enough of that, right? Yeah. Yep, yep. yeah. Oh, you can forget about that. You can forget about aim, like, like just like wave <laughs> it all away, you know? Uh, we get another flashback. Every episode's got like this obligatory flashback to a different point in time of uh, Nick Fury's career, except for the point in time I really want to see, which is like the post blip up until now. That's... Yeah, I'd like to see him being traumatized in a uh, flashback sequence of some kind. And they've shown us people coming back from the blip in the TV shows, so it's not like it's an outside the realm of possibility. Uh, and no, now it's just making me think of WandaVision and how good the CGI was in the uh, return from the blip scene with uh, Monica or Rhea. Yeah, yeah. And even the way that uh, Monica Rambeau's like, story arc, how as limited as it was like really on that show, she wasn't the central character, but like they really gave you reason to kind of like understand what she's fighting for and why she is there doing exactly what she's doing at yeah. that point in time. A sense of the person. Yes. <laughs> they are. Yes. Uh, yes. They used the serialized extended television format to give character development outside of this is this person and you care because they're, they're on screen. Yes. They're, they're traumatized and they we're going to tell you about what happened in the other movies and we're not going to show you because that's expensive. Yeah. Show, do not tell. They did not. Let's destroy. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I know you're 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 edging for the Skrullos, but you know that would just they're probably not gonna be any tree in here. It's just fucking yeah. They're being hunted. Yeah, yeah. Do you think Um, there'll be Kree in in Miss Marvel? Like it has something to do with the Negabands, right? I, I would think so. There. Yeah. Do you think that? The Marvels is where like mutants are going to be like officially announced. Announced. Uh, well, I mean they referred to Miss Marvel as a mutant already, so is mm-hmm. is that enough of accounting? Or I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know. I don't <laughs> they know. played Jason play- music and everything. I know they played the little music, so yeah, maybe they Professor X too, but not not in the main universe, so it doesn't count. So yeah, yeah, um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know, I know. In in this flashback, it's it's 2012. It's it's what we are told immediately following the Battle of New York from the first Avengers film, and Nick Fury meets um, the woman who we learned is his wife, uh, mm-hmm. Priscilla, in Paris. And um, yeah, they they have a nice little meeting, I guess, but. Fury sticks out like a sore fucking thumb. He looks like a fucking spy for a dude who's supposed to be a spy. He's like this like guy, Revolver Ocelot from Metal Gear Solid, is what he's dressed like. Just yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, like you're literally dressed like a fucking John Carpenter character, man. Like, you know, like it's fucking crazy. Like he's got like a duster and an eye patch and like scars and like a beanie cap in the summertime. Yeah. Like, Jake Preston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Should have been smoking a, like a heater, like a, like a fucking Newport or some shit. Like would have mm-hmm. looked pretty cool. Um we do learn in this thing that he doesn't tell his wife anything about his job, even though she's part of his spy network or whatever. Yeah, and then they like recant Raymond Carver poems mm-hmm. to one another. Um, this is our, is our first scene where two people are just talking in a room. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first of eight. Uh, I guess yeah, one yeah. of them is open air, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Other than yeah. that, yeah. Yeah. I have seven. I have seven scenes of just dudes and people's talking in rooms and that being the episode before a bunch of CGI action happens at the end. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, I can normally go all the for that sort of thing. Sure. It usually relies on good actors to fucking deliver interesting dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> like, about things you want to hear them talk about. Yeah, that, that's not present. <clears throat> We're both big fans of the show Succession, which is a television show with zero action. Like, zero anything. Shiv and Roman get into a fight in one of the, in season one. Brief yeah, they, yes. do, they get yeah. into a little slap fight, and yeah. uh, Tom that's throws uh, water bottles it. at Greg. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah. the extent of it. Uh, yeah, but it's largely a show about people talking about things, Um but it just so happens they invest you in the things they're talking about, the characters delivering the dialogue and the actors uh, performing what they're handed. Um, as opposed to this, where I thought the Raymond Carver thing was fucking bizarre. I am fucking crazy. The poem that they recant, the fragment is yeah. uh, quoted on Fury's tombstone in Winter Soldier. Is that the one where he dies? Quote unquote dies. Um, uh, it is. That's a. There's a Pulp Fiction reference in that's that. At the oh, that's okay. at the bottom. That's at the bottom. Yeah. At the top, it's a line from this. And and the only reason I know about this, and this is where I embarrass myself, I liked Birdman when it first came out. I thought Birdman was like. There's yeah. a YouTube video where I say Birdman is my favorite movie of that year. Uh, and yeah. and under the I skin. Is number two. Yeah. It's yeah. It's gimmicky now. Looking back on it. Uh, yeah. It doesn't hold up. It doesn't hold yeah. up. But uh, I did investigate into Raymond Carver a little bit that year, and it just so happened to be the same year as as uh, the Winter Soldier. So that's the only reason why I know that. Mm-hmm. Um, do you care about the development between these two characters, and do you believe the love for the ages? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go no, no, I don't think so. Uh... Do you think it would have been more interesting if Nick Fury fell in love with a woman and she was revealed to be a Skrull in this series? And he didn't know the whole time. Uh, if it was the only change in the series, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's... Yeah, because at the beginning of the series, we didn't know if he already knew. And it was like episode two when it was revealed, right? Something yeah. like that. And yeah. I care. I think it would have been fun if like he didn't know she was a scroll and he's supposed to be the guy who knows everything. So it really shows like not only is he losing his touch here, but knowing Nick Fury for as long as we've known Nick Fury since 2008, like we've gone 15 years with this fucking character as viewers of this franchise. 
if it's like, oh my God, this thing has slipped past Fury for that long, mm-hmm. that would have been interesting. But um, yeah, nothing, nothing. And they like come so close to teetering on, and we'll get to the scene later. Uh, she asks him, like, would you have loved me if I looked like a scroll or or, or mm-hmm. like the way you love me looking like this woman? And he doesn't really answer her. And I'm like, oh, that would have been an interesting thing for them to talk about instead of what they just talked about. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, uh, Marvel released something just because we get to the title credits here um, where the credits apparently were drawn by actual animators and then AI'd over. Do you oh, believe that? Uh, not particularly. Neither do I. I think yeah. it's bullshit. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's been, uh, maybe it's like stick figure drawings or something that they fucking enhance. Uh, I noticed that the, the scroll in the opening sequence don't have the, the butt chins, like the, the wrinkles or anything. It's just yeah. generic aliens. You'd think if it was hand drawn, you would encode that one element of scroll that makes them distinct. Themselves. Yeah. It's the most fun thing to draw. Like, as we're sitting here, I just crosshatch on paper. I literally just, I'm showing Travis right here, like drawing random lines on comic book characters as an artist is the most fun thing to do. Like, it it is so indulgent and it's like where you really get to get off. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, you would have drawn the fucking butt chin. And these things are just like, kind of like washed green, like, mushy face and a whole lot of fucking nothing again you mentioned last week it's hard to skip the skip intro doesn't come in till like five seconds in and then once you hit it it like you still got like five seconds yeah yeah and it just bumps me out yeah it upsets me it upsets me um especially with some of the real world things going on with ai and yeah yeah we'll Uh, talk about that later yeah we'll talk about it we'll get there it's terrifying. Um, so, like, Priscilla, Rhodey's wife, is in a church where we get a very lazy reveal that was pretty much revealed last week that Rhodey was a scroll the whole time and he gives her an assignment to assassinate Nick Fury. Yes, yes. Uh, Furies is like eavesdropping on this conversation via some sort of technology that I don't know if they showed. I didn't care really, but they should have showed some cool spy stuff, man. Like the new Mission Impossible, a lack of cool spy stuff in this, and it. Uh... Yeah, the new Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One came out this week. <laughs> And and set another high bar for the genre that this falls into, which is the action espionage film. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have low stakes, low action espionage films. They do exist. They made a lot of really good ones in the 70s, like Taking a Pelon 123, like mm-hmm. uh, Night of the Jackal. A lot of these things without these gigantic action set pieces. Uh, that are mostly just people in rooms talking. Like those movies exist and they're done well. But then you get the more action bond gadget kind of based ones and, and Mission Impossible, in my opinion, is the the kind of benchmark for those that that, you know, things shouldn't necessarily be weighted on because like it's on another level. It's like no one else will 
do the things that Tom Cruise is willing to do to get that level of intensity. Um, But it does give you something to at least like thrive for, you know what I mean? And I was watching uh, Dead Reckoning Part One. I saw it three times this week. I was watching it several times this week, like a fucking psycho. <laughs> um, and there's like a big car chase in Rome in the movie. And you know, I like the Fast and Furious franchise a lot. I still think it's like kind of an interesting franchise to just like exist in general and make as much money as it does. But uh, Fast X like kind of bummed me out. And there's a car chase in Rome in that film as well. And it's largely computer generated, right? Mm-hmm. And I almost think it would be an interesting double feature to like watch both those movies back to back. Cause they have so many similar elements. They like blow up a bridge in fast X and they blow up a bridge and, and, uh, dead reckoning part so one like when they race two mall cop movies in the same year for it's the yeah, same, yeah. same film yeah yeah. yeah yeah exactly exactly but one was like significantly better than yeah, yeah. the other oh yeah yeah, yeah. both of those are terrible yeah yeah, yeah. Alden. yeah yeah but i get what you're going for i get what you're going for uh hearts in the right place <laughs> yeah yeah hearts in the right place yep uh but they release like ice age and happy feet in the same year or something like that i don't fucking know you know or ants and bugs life that's a that's mm-hmm. a good one too you know what i mean one was written by Woody Allen and one was written by the guy who started Pixar and both ended up being sex uh, freaks. So, um, (laughs) um, but like there's cool tech in this new mission impossible movie that is like simple stuff that I went, Oh, that's pretty cool. Like they have to find this MacGuffin and they're like, well, how are we going to identify the buyer in this giant airport? And he's like, oh, that's really easy. This lighter in my pocket's actually a Geiger counter. And I have augmented reality aviators mm-hmm. that will identify it based on this Geiger counter. And like, oh, that's pretty neat. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, oh, yeah. that's pretty cool. That's cool spy stuff, you know? Seems like show they're not me- the most expensive thing to fucking uh, show in a film either. No, you could have shown Nick Fury, like, put something in his wife's fucking pocket. You know what I mean? Like, something. Something. You know, or or he had something in her gun, so when she picked it up out of the fucking weird safety deposit box... You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I forgot about the safety deposit gun. Yeah, I'm never gonna forget about the safety deposit oh gun. Oh my god, it's the weirdest, most unnecessary thing ever. Um, uh, it's up there. It's up there. And knowing how much of this was shot on the volume in Atlanta bums me out because, like, they're in this church scene, and I'm thinking in my head, like, are these actors in <laughs> an actual set or are they on a pew? And somebody went to this random church and filmed something so they could do this in the volume, right? Yeah, God, there's no telling. There's so there's much n- like bad use of technology, I guess, with this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. This scene also kind of brings up a uh, a pro wrestling thing that makes me think the entire script was written by uh, robots. Also, with uh, mm-hmm. uh, where the roadie. Not the Rhodey, but uh, Rhodey uh, mm-hmm. says uh, that he fucking delivered a Undertaker-level DDT from the top rope on fucking uh, Nick Fury, and it's just fucking like pro wrestling word salad. I don't know if they just Googled wrestling terms, and that's what it <laughs> But yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if it was AI-written nonsense here. You don't think there was one smelly neck beard in the writer's room with an XFL shirt on or like a 316 <laughs> shirt on who's like, I finally have my time to shine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just not. 
it's dumb. It's dumb. I hate it. This mm-hmm. is... Yeah, I don't know, man. I uh I know. It's something Rody would have never said or like no one in that situation would say. You know what I mean? Like we have gotten so little character development out of James Rhodes, despite him being like, the sec- for 15 fucking years. The and- second longest running Marvel character, other than maybe like Pepper Potts, right? Yeah. Uh, I. He's got a movie coming also. Yay. <laughs> maybe we'll learn something about him to make us care. Like, hopefully. Huh? Like we know I about him in the first movie, honestly, the the interplay between him and uh, Tony Stark was good. I felt. I agree. Uh, and we really haven't gotten much since. I I don't. It's not Don Cheadle's fault, but no. Yeah. I like him in Age of Ultron quite a bit for that one scene, like the party scene where he's trying oh, yeah. to tell the yeah. joke. Yeah, I like all of that. Um, and I like Don Cheadle a lot, and and. You know, he's kind of seen as a, a serious actor, but I, I do think people forget like Don Cheadle, like is one of those guys who's kind of like John C. Riley, where they can you do a bit of both? Yeah, yeah, and they came up through the ranks of like a mix of the um, what's that guy? Will Ferrell's guy? Fuck, he made Succession. Jesus, that oh, uh, McKay? Adam McKay. Yeah. Yep. He came up through the ranks of like Adam McKay, but also like Paul Thomas Anderson at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, like Cheadle's in those Ocean Eleven movies, and those are funny. Like those are really funny movies. You know, I've seen his uh, Captain Planet uh, skits for uh, yeah, those for, are for Adam McKay for Funny or Die. Okay, yeah. I didn't realize that was Okay, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's Adam McKay's company, Funny or I, Die. I had no idea. I had no idea. That's yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, um, you know, and and you know, he was in Boogie Nights, you know, which is uh, and Magnolia and shit like that. You know, mm-hmm. he's in these serious roles, and he's a really competent actor. And it's just like it's a fucking bummer to see him say, <laughs> I, "I wrote down the quote, I DDT'd him from the top rope like some Undertaker level shit." Um, yeah, yeah, it doesn't mean really anything. <laughs> it, I mean, it, there's all things in pro wrestling, yes, but they're not. That's something Undertaker has ever done, ever. And like, yeah, 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 yeah. I would have given him a Stone Cold Stunner, but I get it. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Something simpler. It's yeah, the suplex. <laughs> fucking anything, anything. Took him to the top ropes, or um, just say nothing like that because it's uncharacteristic. Yeah, that would be my right. my pick. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It does beg the question, though, Travis. Is the scroll? A wrestling fan, or is Colonel James Rhodes a wrestling fan? Uh, it's got to be Rhodes if anyone is. Hmm? He's like uh, he's, he's an older gentleman, so he would have grown up with like the uh, uh, the more uh, nationalistic era of pro wrestling, where it was like uh, some random American versus evil foreigners constantly, and that made yeah, 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 yeah. He's got a summer house, uh, like he's a snowbird. He's got a place in like, uh, like Tampa area. Like he's just so into wrestling. He goes to like the 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 NXT circuit and shit like that. You know? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's utter nonsense. As much utter nonsense as the Talos and Gaia sitting on a bench looking at ducks uh, scene, where uh, 
Talos blames himself for putting his daughter in harm's way, but she insists that she was acting on her own free will. And ah, uh, yeah, oh, you're skipping over the the third talking scene. I know to the fourth one. Oh, what's that? What's the third one? Uh, Gravik and some guy outside a plane. That's in one of the open air ones. Mm, and mm. it's over. It's like one shot. Uh, yeah, where where they tell us information that we already knew about Gaia being a mole. Yes. 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 Very important. It's just, Yes. There to remind you, this is the stuff that matters for the next thing that's going to happen two minutes later and is going to be resolved very, very quickly. Because this sequence, like, Gaia's like, I want a planet for us. And Talos says, I want a planet for us. And she's like, it should be Earth. And he's like, yeah, it will be Earth. And she's like, what's your plan? And he's like, I, I don't have one. I'm going to ask the president and, and be like, this is more cool. Yeah, the extent of his plan is they're going to stop the insurgents. And then ask for maybe a reach around as he gets fucked in the ass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. He is token. It's yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I he's gonna... such a bitch in this episode that makes me like Carol's last. Like it's true. True. Yeah, like, it's not necessarily it's not Mendelssohn's fault that he's being written this poorly, but that's what happens. But like they could play on some like xenophobic tropes where, you know, um, after 9-11, like I, I lived in New York during 9-11. I still live in New York. And there was this big like uptick. Uh, uptick, yeah. Like, why should we let any peoples from an Islamic country into our nation, seeing as how they wanted that? And these, you know, mm-hmm. people of like uh, you know, Middle Eastern descent are like, listen, like it's not all of us it's just these extreme versions of us it's like how can we tell the difference you know what i mean you all look the same you're all green fucking butchins monsters like you know you could have done something like that like gone into anything like that you know and it's not even stuff that we haven't seen the marvel cinematic universe do like falcon and the winter soldier did all that like kind of well like you know like we've seen it and 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 we know they can do it and Mm -hmm. it in the films it was never granted like an extended period of time to really dive deep in it and instead this is just like plot machination plot machination (laughs) plot machination and and everything is just to keep like a wheel moving forward rather than like make a really good wheel (laughs) you know what i mean yes it oh god that's a very accurate description of the way this is laid out. Yeah, it, it it just it it keeps the the story in motion, but it doesn't allow for anything to breathe. You know, it, it's it's like there's no it's sense of tension. Yeah, yeah. When there should be, and there's not. Uh, uh, it's like pure fucking sustenance, you know, and and yeah. like there's no sense of paranoia at all throughout this whole thing. It should have like a John Carpenter's thing or something where sure, uh, that's yeah. a great analogy, man. Like you know, the thing is, you know, literally about what if an organism existed on this planet that wouldn't allow for us to be able to tell the difference between it and us mm-hmm. and. That's essentially what's happening here. 
it's such a good setup for a paranoid thriller within science fiction genre tropes. And they do nothing with it other than put a bunch of good actors in a room to give dialogue that does nothing more than move a plot forward. And yeah 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 oh, of course because we just resolved all the gaia and talos stuff so now let's wrap up all the nick fury and his wife stuff like instantly in one fucking scene where like they're back at the fury household because i guess they can travel really fast they got a uh, final season game of thrones dragons and we can just get anywhere we have to be really quickly you yeah. know for convenience yeah, yeah. sake yeah um and there's like this sequence where um, Fury's wife, Priscilla, and 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 Samuel L. Jackson are like at a table. And like in terms of acting and delivering, Sam Jackson is like bringing it here like very mm-hmm. well. But everything he is doing and everything he is saying is utter nonsense. It is just word salad. Yes, yes. Uh, and we get a bit of backstory with Priscilla and how she chose uh, who she would be as a human or whatever. And it's a... I I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's more detailed than some of the other stuff, I guess. But they don't show us. They could have shown us. <laughs> yeah. Or they could have just not told us she was a scroll mm-hmm. and not let Fury know she was a scroll for their entire relationship up until this fucking moment where she tries to put a gun and a bullet through his fucking brain. Yeah. And that would have been intense. Like that would have been intense. That would have been who do you trust? That would have yeah. been actual paranoia. Like, oh my God, I'm sleeping with the enemy. Literally. Um well, that is what they think they've done here. <laughs> is it? I think so, because they have them uh, do the uh, draw on one another, so they're fucking in a standoff, and they intentionally miss, because they both secretly love one another, and they were mm-hmm. willing to die, mm-hmm. even if they had been betrayed. Yeah. And, and then, they, then they have a ha-ha, because they, uh, they don't know if they should uh, divorce or renew their vows now, and I cringed very hard, and I it's ready for this not to be a thing. Yeah, because Chat VPT wrote that fucking line. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's literally all I kept thinking. Like, and they they uh recite the Raymond Carver poem that we just learned about mm-hmm. like <laughs> ten minutes earlier, well, right? If they had established it in episode one and then paid it off here, that'd be too long. You would never remember that, right? <sighs> Do they not trust us as an audience anymore? No, no, they don't. No. Right? Because that's what it feels like. They, they're they like, listen, we can make an intelligent espionage thriller that might have a muddy plot, mm-hmm. but at least it's complicated, you know? And that's like another thing. Like I, I rewatched all of the Mission Impossible movies this week, other than the second one, the John Woo one. And like, all those movies are, are like chase a MacGuffin, find another MacGuffin, get to yeah. another guy. But the plots are really, really complicated. Like trying to explain the plot to Mission Impossible 1 is very, very difficult. Like I can do it, mm-hmm. but it's like very, very difficult. And like 
trying to explain the plots of a lot of these spy movies and and these these kind of like tense political thrillers it's tough because they have a lot of gears spinning to get mm-hmm. the mechanism to work you know what i mean it's it's poli- it should be political it should feel political um and when it doesn't feel political um it should feel like the, the the political nature of things that they're working with or against uh, become personal. And that becomes the struggle of the character. You know what I mean? Like all those mission impossible movies, literally he goes rogue in every single fucking one. And it's like, you're, you're a man with no nation at this point, which fury should be in this thing. But like show us how that nation portrayed you and why you never portrayed the principles of that nation. Like the greater good that you're fighting for is no longer um, in alliance with the country that you're with and how you want to work your way back into the graces of, of yeah. that, that, you know, political system. But there's there, none of that here. There's no sense of him being uh, rogue. He just feels unemployed. Like going, yeah. as Jay, going from place to place, like a, a homeless person, just going wherever the mm-hmm. whims take him. And it's not like he's being, pursued or pursuing it's yeah he might as well be like going to bingo on wednesday taking a bus to atlantic city you know what i mean yeah (laughs) it would be just as riveting yep going to an indian reservation for cheap cigarettes twice a week you know like (laughs) shit that old people do (laughs) Uh, yeah getting his medicinal marijuana card for his cataracts shit you know (laughs) fucking dumb and then there's like a part where i was like this could be clever where she's like would you have loved me if i didn't have her face and i was like oh wow like give me something give me some juice here and he's like well we'll never know and just walks away and i'm like (laughs) yeah yeah uh they just wanted to let you know that they could have had more to say but no. I I wish he never knew she was a scroll because then when she says like it wasn't all a lie, mm-hmm. like you wouldn't know if that's true. He wouldn't know if that's true. And that would be something we never would really know, right? Like uh, like Sharon Stone in Total Recall. Um <laughs> uh, it's just nonsense. It's yes. nonsense, yes. man. We get Fury visiting uh, Scroll Rody, right? But yes, before but we first get a, a pretty uh-huh. steamy Scroll shower scene, right? We do, yeah. <laughs> I wish the Scroll was played by Sharon Stone. Like yeah, uh, that would fun. That would have been fun. AI uh, Scroll from Basic Instinct. There's a scene of him getting interrogated, and he crosses his legs. You know what I mean? Do you think they could give you show a shot of uh, Scroll genitalia? <laughs> I want to know what they have working downstairs, and I know I mean, you and I. Actual nudity, they could show that. Surely they could do the uh, the the light cross or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. the Sharon Stone, right? And yeah, yeah. There's yeah. just like an octopus down there, like <laughs> just the eyes peering out. Like there's a second. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like winking. Yeah, like uh-huh. yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I've been curious because like Fury's been having sex with this lady, I'd imagine. And it's like, is he having sex with her, like manipulating mm-hmm. that body to have an orifice? Or is like that genuinely how alien beings like would procreate? Because yeah, yeah. are we to believe that like, is gender not a construct and do penises and vaginas just exist on other planets? Like these are things that would be like actual conversations if aliens existed, you know? Yeah. That's all uh, a big question for the celestials down the line in Eternals 2 coming 2026. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's one of the reasons I like Star Trek because they like answer these things. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like yeah. they have like whole episodes dedicated to like, well, aliens actually fuck like this. And like Riker ends up fucking one of them. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> he's go right. I'll bump my head into the, your fucking chest or whatever it is. Like, you know, head to head, like nuzzling, like conehead style or some shit. <laughs> um, and like another interesting thing, like we're talking about this steamy shower scene, like, we see the scroll getting out of the shower and it is has a female form as yes. a scroll. And when it wipes away the steam of the shower, we see Rhodes um, face in, in the reflection. So we know that the scroll impersonating Rhodey is, is a female. Yeah. And um, before she transitions, she looks a bit sad about the whole thing. Like she just wants to be, herself, which is the closest thing that the show has done probably to fucking giving you something to care about, I guess, but it, it's just so, so little. <laughs> so like, little, so half-baked, not even like mm-hmm. on preheat half-baked. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, not even like nuked warm. And like, It may have just been like the actress being sad that she's in fucking scroll makeup. <laughs> yeah, that might have just been the janky scroll makeup, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah like, switch off the scene, yeah. They didn't give the fucking animator enough time to, like, program a smile or something like that, knowing, like, Marvel's Trek record of mm. how they, like, treat these fucking people. Because I don't even believe, like, anything we see on screen as, like, an actual human being at this point with Marvel. Like, I have no fucking clue anymore. Um, I, and, like... Go, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, this would have been an interesting place and maybe they have two episodes to talk about it. But like, if they introduced this any earlier, like you could have talked about the gender politics of this being Mm -hmm. of a different biological sex being kind of forced into um, the, the, the public facade of a a genre uh, a gender yeah. that is unhappy being and deep down inside it, it really is this thing and all it wants to do is like take the facade off and be this thing but it has to put this face on and you could have like an interesting conversation like we've talked about movies like possessor and titan and like not to like turn it into like it should be this highfalutin art house fucking thing but like that's like an easy th- place to talk about something like that you yes. know um with shapeshifters in general, that's a, a you can explore certain things there that uh, could catch people off guard. I guess if if it was done with just your everyday, uh, like no sci-fi element. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah, yeah. It's it's a um, it's a actual discussion about something but we have the suspension of disbelief within a genre trapping. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like one of the reasons why like films like Possessor and Titan uh, or even The Thing are like so interesting because they're like 
these real world analogies um, told at such a heightened, uh, you know, exaggerated. Level, yeah, yeah. exaggerated level through this fucking this lens of like a genre storytelling. It's why sci-fi is so fun, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you're here for it. Like you're, you're literally in a science fiction show about shapeshifters. Like, Talk about xenophobia, gender politics, and race. Literally anything you've known. <laughs> yeah. Other than just story. Other than like getting from point A to point B to point C to point D. And like now there's the Marvels and mm-hmm. fucking Brave New World. Yeah. Like fuck you. This scroll shower scene is also the uh, only a momentary reporting before we get into talking scene number six. Yes. Yes. <laughs> this is talking scene number five. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Talking scene number six is uh, is uh, Scroll, Rhodey, and um, and Fury in their hotel suite. Uh, Fury acting like he doesn't know that he's he's talking to an imposter, um, informing him that the Scrolls have infiltrated the U.S. government and have a very close relationship to the president himself. Um, and Rhodey just dismissing it all. It's a bunch of gobbledygook. He, they, right? Uh, was uh, Fury telling Rhodey that he knows he's a scroll? Is that uh, he's he's showing all of his cards? Like Fury yeah, yeah. is he's like, a, here's a very this. good spy. <laughs> but maybe that's what he's trying to do. Like, you know, Force it's like uh, uh, yeah, 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 like yeah. reverse psychology. Like, there's this really expensive liquor that they're drinking. Happy and Van like, Winkle, I assume. The uh Really? Yeah, that's the name of it. I assume they were getting or paying or being paid this, but yeah. Is Peppy Van Winkle a real fucking thing? I looked it up. Yeah, yeah. It uh they only make a small amount of it, I guess. Uh, to wow. keep the, the price high. Yeah, it ranges from $979 to $6,000 right now. I see a bottle here, actually, that's uh, $58,988.99. That is crazy. It's like some sort of, like, really prestigious bourbon or something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. Cool name, though. (laughs) Peppy Van Winkle, that's a fun name. It is, it is. I'll take that. But when he uh, when he goes to take a sip, he's like, "What are you trying to poison me?" And he's like, "No, nah, not poison. Nanotech, though." And they like laugh about it, and then like the scene ends, and you know, like they go to short talking scene seven, and they tell you that yes, there was a liquid location tracker in that, and yeah, he put nanotech in it, and he put all his cards on the table, yeah. and fucking told him, and uh, Rhodey goes to join uh, the president in his like motorcade, like. Where is all of this taking place is one thing I want to know, because like the stuff with um, Gaia at when she got killed with um, Gravik, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's in Russia, correct? Like that's where like new Skrullos is, right? Uh, yes, so- yes, it is. Yes. So Gaia gets killed somewhere inside of Russia after they did that assassination attempt in, in Moscow that, that like went awry. Right. Um, Fury's house is probably somewhere outside of DC. I'd imagine. Cause he works over there. Just convenient. And, yeah. 
It is. And, and Talos was with Gaia. So Talos either had to like, and Talos was in England. So Talos either had to like go from England to Russia and then back to this scene or because Fury was in England last week when they uh, went into that guy's house for the nuclear codes. Yes. Um, or Gaia flew f- from Russia to the United States and Talos th- flew from England to the United States and Fury flew from England to the United States. And we t- just imagine all of them got there within this rather limited period of time because all of this seems to be taking place over the course of a couple of days. We don't know that they didn't travel by dragons. It's- we don't know. We haven't seen them. Yeah. I mean, they yep. apparently travel very fast. Uh, if Game of Thrones seasons seven and eight are to be believed. Uh, yeah. Uh, Dude, I was I I know you fucking hate them, but I've been watching like old Beetlejuice clips on on Howard Stern, and there I was watching an episode before, and I I didn't even have this to talk about like in my notes or anything, but they were ordering Chinese food on the air, and like Beetlejuice, this little guy, he's just like, they're asking him like, you like this, and he's like, yeah, I like it, yeah, yeah, it's fine, and they're like, all right, Beetle, I know you like uh, chicken. How about the dragon chicken? And he's like, no, nah, I don't eat dragons. <laughs> like, they're like, you don't eat dragons? He's like, no, nah, I don't eat dragons. I, I don't like dragons. It's bad for you. It's bad for you. Um, I don't know. It's fucking outlandish. Yeah, we, yeah. we haven't seen a dragon. Um, I I don't know. Like the transportation thing, I guess they just didn't think about it. You know what I mean? I like, suspect that so we can say about it a lot of this. Yeah, yeah. In general, yeah. But like um, Indiana Jones, you know how he like travels by map, where they like show a map and they show like a little plane <laughs> going around. Are you suggesting that's actually how he's traveling? He just points at a spot and then, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's like an old Muppets bit when they're like, "How are we going to get there?" And they're like, "We'll travel by map." And they do like, "Oh the yeah, Indiana okay, Jones, like, okay, yeah." yeah, yeah that's yeah. like a literal Muppet bit. Um, it's a good bit. It is a good bet. It is a good bet. Um, so, so Rhodey joins the president's uh, motorcade. God knows where the fuck they're. Oh, they're going to be getting on a plane. Are they in Russia? I did see a Moscow uh, header at some point. <laughs> yeah, but then how did Fury get there? Whatever. Um, they're going. The president's going to be meeting with the the head of Russia, the head of state in Russia. I'm not sure what that position is called, uh, but um, to, to like talk about the negotiations to like try and stop world war three. And on the way they're ambushed by Gravik's forces who are in a bunch of helicopters. Um, Very Gravik's practical helicopters, I guess. You know? Very practical helicopters. Yeah. Uh- now you said that you heard an interview with one yeah, of these actors. The president uh, is on record. I have memory serves as saying that the uh, the action bit in this last little section was practical, and yeah, the car flips and stuff like that—they were probably some old. Sure. Uh, but the fucking the helicopters were there, but not for every shot, and they're definitely not fucking crashing helicopters for real. No, they're not blowing up helicopters in this fucking thing. No. They're not launching very, bazookas. No, very boring camera work where it's fucking like right to left, left to right, and like overhead shots. And there's mm-hmm. one all right bit where a helicopter just 
uh, fly in front of the camera, but I'm sure that was all fucking CGI. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and and we see Gravik on the ground use his uh, Groot power, um, and and it's it's a stagnant shot. Like there's a lot of shot reverse shot where you see over the shoulder of a guy like launching a bazooka, and then yeah. from the the area the bazooka is getting shot at, and that's the same thing with like Gravik. It's just like you see the group power go out. The camera doesn't follow it. You know what I mean? I'm sure the CGI was too expensive to have. Fucking- it was pretty janky whenever he yanked the guy to him or whatnot. It's- I, it was pretty janky, man. It was yeah. pretty janky. And like the president's uh, like SUV gets like shot and like flipped over. And literally none of the people paid to like protect him, go to get him out of the car and into like another car. Like they literally leave him in a car upside down on fire, passed out with his seatbelt still on. Yeah. Maybe he really had a seatbelt buckle. That was what the actual was talking about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's only a small fire. There's no big rush. Yeah. It's only president. <laughs> yeah. Uh, until Fury arrives with Talos uh, and in his Land Rover commercial. And, um, He's the only one who actually, like, actively tries to get the president out of danger. And this is kind of like Talos's last stand, right? He gets, like, shot and starts turning into a green boy. Um, Mm -hmm. And he's trying to save the president, I guess, in, like, an effort to, like, prove that there are are Muslims out there who are good people (laughs) and not all osama bin laden like but not they don't even like go into that like it's one guy's like he's an alien kill him and it's like no he's with me okay yeah yeah yeah. no Uh, problem no problem uh the way he looks when he's like half transformed reminds me of uh a movie called freak from the 90s uh it uh the guy that played in bill and ted uh fucking uh actually in that movie but just keanu reeves just isn't credited but Mm-hmm. There's some monster makeup in that that kind of looks similar. It, uh, what do you think? Um, do you think any of this was practical? The I the, think a small the, amount of the makeup on and Talos may have been for some shots, not all of it. And it just looks weird. Yeah, it does look weird, and Gravik inevitably killing Talos as Fury saves the president is like uneventful. And, and I, I, you mentioned it where I was complimenting uh, Samuel L. Jackson on his performance in this episode (laughs) simultaneously while you were kind of lambasting the poor bastard. Yes. Um, yes. He has a lot of money. He has more money than me. That's uh, thank you for saying that. Thank you for telling. Mm hmm. Um, he lets out a no that kind of rivals the hating Christians in uh, episode three, Darth Vader no. Uh, you could fix it with Vader, but they still don't. They edit those movies all the time, I guess, but that's just mm-hmm. the one they want to keep. Huh? Or you could just not have that in there. You know what I mean? <laughs> you could have him make robot noises or something. Yeah, yeah. Just put the Wilhelm scream in while he like looks up it at the. It would genuinely be better, and I, you know how I feel about it. <laughs> I do, I do, I do. Um, yeah, that's the end of the fucking episode. Again, another episode ending with a ally of Nick Fury's getting shot or stabbed or killed 
killed in quotation marks, air quotation marks, by Gravik and his forces with the president now saved with Nick Fury in tow. Yeah. Um, Do you think uh, Talos' death is premature as far as having Ben Mendelsohn in this role and what could you do with it? Uh, I think one of the, the good things about the Captain Marvel movie, uh, I think most people will like him. So, I, I do think it's premature. I think Mendelssohn um, is one of the, 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 the highlights of this kind of mediocre series. Just seeing him on screen is like, oh, at least it's this guy talking, you know? Yeah, Even yeah. If- it, it's a scroll name I actually bothered to remember. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think he's a, a really good actor as well. Um, so like losing a big actor in such an unceremonious way kind of does bum me out. And if they were going to like continue having the scrolls on earth, I would have liked to have seen uh, at least one of them that I cared about, uh, whether or not that was just due to the character or the actor playing the character. Um, well, have- and now we... We have the one left that you <laughs> you're a fan of. His daughter, the, uh, the, the Sharon Scroll one. one? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. She crosses her legs next week uh, while Nick Fury is interrogating her. <laughs> oh, I'm just talking about uh, the the daughter of uh, uh, Daenerys. Yeah, no, no, yeah, 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 no, no. I I do not care about her or her dragons. You know, Maybe I never liked Daenerys. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I, I did initially, and then just gradually, the longest of the series on went on. I, I just stopped liking her pretty hard. <laughs> uh, yeah, that she whole wasn't all that interesting. Uh, and yeah, yeah. Yeah. Every time she pop up, it would just feel like more of the same, more of the same, more of the same, more of the same. Like yes, and there's like a detour from the story that I actually found interesting in the show with Stark and the. Fucking Lannisters. Same. Yeah. 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 And also, like, just inherently her whole, like, right to the throne through birthright thing just kind of, like, pissed me off a mm-hmm. little bit where it's, like, in the sense of, like, entitlement. Like, you know, you've never ruled fucking anything. Like, yeah. who are you to come in and say this while these people have, like, been fighting these fucking wars for fucking years? Kind of bugged me. I was ruined for Cersei, I know, but fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Travis, with that being said, uh, we're at the end of our discussion pretty much on the plot and recap of episode four of Disney Plus's newest Marvel series, Secret Invasion, Betrayal. Do you have anything else that you want to say before jumping into our final thoughts and our reviews on the episode? No, no. Yeah. I'm good. Let's do it. Tell us how you really feel. Let's rate this. We here at MCU Beyond Infinity Podcast rate and review all of our installments from one to five Super Scrolls. One Super Scroll being the worst, five Super Scrolls being the best. We do accept half Super Scrolls with only extremist powers. Travis, with that being said, for episode four, we're now past the halfway point. We only have two more episodes. Next week's the penultimate episode of Secret Invasion. But episode four, 
Betrailed of Secret Invasion. What say you? One out of five. Do you recall what I gave it last week? I think it was a 1.5. I think we've okay, given yeah. them all around that. You've done yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't remember if it was 1.5 or 2. Oh, it's straight at 1.5. And I can name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your role score for the series is just, it's getting lower, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's if I can pull it out in the next two weeks. Yeah, this thing is a gentleman's two-star all day for me, where it's, like, not inherently unwatchable, mm-hmm. but I don't give a fuck about any of the things that I'm actually watching. Um, There is so much to explore that they just neglect exploration of in favor of, again, just plot mechanism, plot mechanism, plot mechanism. Uh, Marvel has, for better or worse, loosely adapted things in name only uh, based on these big crossovers, whether it be Age of Ultron or Infinity War, Civil War, Winter Soldier. Um, And sometimes it actually like works in their benefit for uh, where the characters are and how stories are told in film or television based on how they would be told in comic books. But even with the whose side are you on campaign with Civil War um, and things along those lines, uh, who could you trust an actual sense of paranoia, actual senses of betrayal, uh, exploration of um, whether or not these people actually do belong, sympathy for the villain's cause or or what they're actually fighting for. All of that is kind of stripped just to get Nick Fury from one place to another place. Um, and it's all through telling us rather than showing us and every chance it has to do something interesting um, that would like even spark a little bit. And I'm not looking for intellectual discussion from any of this stuff, despite (laughs) us having a podcast, like, but explore a theme, like just a theme. That's all you need to do, you know? Yeah like one basic thing like it's it's just got none of that it it really is a whimper um and i'm not looking for a roar you know i'm not looking for something huge um and and again it it's it's further fueling the the flame for debate whether or not marvel should be telling things on its streaming service in in serialized episodic format versus doing it in in the the form of making an actual film if you're going to do something that's extended episodic have a reason for it to be extended and episodic like television shows exist now like in in 2023 like post sopranos um as ways to explore characters deeper you know that's what they do it's like television kind of does what like movies used to do back in the 70s where it's just like here's a character study you know and here's you know the reason why this person exists the way they do and really moon knight was one of the big culprits of that where I I didn't really understand why that existed as a television show, as opposed to a movie Um, miss Marvel to an extent, despite it being uh, one of the fun ones, Um, you know, Eternals existing as a film rather than a television show is confusing. 
it, it, it's not delivering in terms of like the Disney plus MCU on the initial promise of what the foundations of it in, in 2020 and 2021 were, where it's like, no, this is the Marvel cinematic universe for television. And just overall, like devaluing a brand at this point. Yes. Yeah. The, who can you trust, you know, that I want from secret innovation is becoming a reality with, uh, these big studios, (laughs) the more and more content they churn out, you know, um, like, yeah, you can make, five TV shows and three movies a year, but be ready for that. Cause that's a lofty expectation. And if you're incapable of, um, you know, delivering a, a product of equal or, or higher quality than what's come before it, what's the point of even making it if you can't do that um, other than to make money. And that's when it gets like really shallow and unfortunate um, that a lot of this is just feeling really shallow and unfortunate. You know what I mean? Like this episode had the best action sequence of the show kind of, mm-hmm. and it showed a little bit of its budget there, but it it's lack. wasn't very interesting when it happened. <laughs> you can see uh, compared it to had- like three that had amazing action for any 10 minutes in that movie is better than fucking this entire show so far. Yeah. And even Falcon and the winter soldier, that's kind of like the, uh, the high bar for the action on the TV show. side. yeah. And it's almost like the redheaded stepchild of that first phase of the, the MCU TV shows when like put up against, um, WandaVision, Loki, Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I think that was the one that I'm the least partial to, but, the action on that show looked great. Like it showcased the powers like on yeah. purpose. This feels like it's hiding superpowers. There's, no from- There's like one bit of super action, I guess, with the, the arm stretch and that's it. Yeah. And like, you've been wanting to hide that it's the alien forces doing this, right? Like mm-hmm. the whole time, like that's graphics, like whole deal is like, don't like pretend you're the opposite force. Like, you know, so the humans kill each other rather than us killing the humans. But like some of those military guys got away and they all saw <laughs> the people who were supposed to be Russians in helicopters fucking use group powers. Right. Yeah. I, I'm sure so, it'll be resolved in a line of dialogue. Sometime next week, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I'm not. <laughs> there's there's zero emotional impact here, and it's just squandering its chance to like mm-hmm. have the MCU like feel like it's making a mark on you know. MCU is a very culturally relevant thing, and I still think it is, but this is a continuing trend of just mediocre product, and mm-hmm. that's a bummer. That's a bummer, and 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 squashed uh, potential, which is what I'm most upset about. It's the classic. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. <laughs> Very accurate. Very accurate. I try. You want to talk about some news before uh, wrapping it up and calling it an evening, sir? Ah, uh, sure, sure. All right, let's do it.
Okay. Uh, you Jackman uh, in Deadpool 3, some set photos of uh, him in his new yellow and blue suit. That has the little claw holsters on his hands and everything. No. Doesn't have a mask, though. Yeah, I, I have that uh, written down, too, and I'll... <laughs> I have half measures of value, nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I need the mask at least once in five. Yeah, go in or go home, motherfucker. Like, I yeah. want to see the mask. I know Hugh Jackman's handsome, and you don't want to cover up his face all the time. You don't have to do it all the time. Still no. see his chin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking, but fucking Ryan Reynolds is over there. <laughs> yeah. Aesthetics and fucking, Yeah. Yeah, Rob Pattinson's handsome, and he was still Batman for most of that fucking movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you see the uh, the the set that they were on? Have you seen the photos of it? I heard something about it. I did not watch the whole thing, though. No. Yeah. They're, they're battling below a, like, ruins of the 20th Century Fox logo, basically, in stone. And they're, like... There's like a fight scene with the 20th Century Fox logo, like mm-hmm. in stone, like all crumbled behind them. So Deadpool is going to be a goofy romp about the death of Fox Studios, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Deadpool kills the Fox universe, I guess. How do you feel about this? Would you have rather just gotten another Deadpool movie yes, in the yes, MCU? Me too. Me too. Me too. I know people are like excited and they're like, imagine if we get to see Fanica Jansen's uh, fucking, yeah. you know, uh, Jean Grey fights Scarlet Witch, and we finally see Omega level mutants. I'm like, dude, pick up a comic book if you want that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, who cares? Like, oh, that, that, that fucking this new uh, go at the mutants fucking work towards that. Just fucking throwing it in here last minute on the end of a dying universe. Is, uh, yeah, dude, it, it's the classic, like little boys in the sandbox taking a bunch of things and mashing them together. You know what I mean? Like, you know, that's like all people want, I guess. And I, I guess. thought it was a pretty good movie. Yeah. Like one of my criticisms of the second Deadpool movie was where how many jokes were just references to the MCU or fucking mm. stuff like that. Like the, yeah. the Brown Panther line and uh, there's like six of them in the fucking movie and it's one where he makes fun of DC, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh it gets old. It's it's not creative whenever you've done five other times. Mm-hmm. Well Deadpool three and and uh another bit of news we have the uh, Screen Actors Guild strike. Oh, I was um, saving it for that. <laughs> well, it kind of... Deadpool oh, yeah. 3 is one of the productions that's been shut down among many, many, many other productions. But because of the uh, AFTRA and SAG uh, Actors Union strikes, um, Mission Impossible 8, Venom 3, and Deadpool 3 have all been shut down like pretty much permanently until all of this shit is resolved so yeah uh we saw these step photos last week and now it's like (laughs) it might not mean a thing you know yeah yeah may never happen may never happen uh yeah and like the writers guild was on strike last week and they still are Mm -hmm. (laughs) the word is they the studios were planning to just starve them out let them go homeless and then they'd be more pliable for 
selling their soul pretty much. <laughs> now with the actors going on strike too, I'm hoping they can kind of stick together to negotiate a big deal here. <laughs> with, yeah. uh, fucking not wanting background actors to fucking have to sell their likenesses for a day's <laughs> fucking labor. Yeah, that is like the craziest part of this thing that like yeah. one of the concerns is that like these SAG actors are being offered one day's pay to just get their likenesses scanned for indefinite use. Yeah. And if they're not interested in it, some random person would take that up just to be in a movie. Unfortunately. Yeah. Like yeah. absolutely. Unfortunately. It has yeah. to be stopped. They can't allow that to go through because most people are super rich in Hollywood. Believe it or not, it's fucking a lot of small bit actors trying to make yeah, a their name. Uh, yeah, and a, a lot of these people literally go down to a union hall, punch their card in, and wait for a call to be on a set for one day mm-hmm. or two weeks just to be in the background of something for, you know, whatever scale, 30000 to 60000 a year. I think is a number that you were telling yes. me the other day. Yeah, yeah. That was the number and, in 2001, so I assume it's something comparable. And the thing that's like a real bummer about all of this is um, a lot of this has to do with these uh, these movie studios also being streaming services at the same time. And I, oh, yeah. I have a buddy. Yeah, like I have a buddy in SAG and, and I have a, a good friend who worked as a production assistant on a few things. And every month they get royalty checks for everything they've been on. So if an episode of the big bang theory that they were in the background of or helped write or whatever airs on fucking FX at two o'clock in the morning, they make 0.0 whatever percent, you know, um, and you add it up for whatever volume that is. Every time somebody buys something on iTunes, every time somebody, buys a Blu-ray or every time somebody goes to a theater to go see it. Um, but the problem is the majority of these studios have these streaming services or are these streaming services, mm-hmm. like namely Netflix is like the big offender of this, where an actor is paid or an actor, production assistant, writer, whatever, they're paid scale and the royalties are non-existent because the media is not like, like, viable to any not susceptible to any kind of purchase you know in any way shape or form there's no way to measure the volume of its popularity and even if its measure of popularity is like extremely high and a billion people watched it it didn't make any more or any less (laughs) like the only revenue is in streaming and like they've kind of hit the apex of numbers who have these streaming services, especially like Netflix, the guys who have been around for a long time. Like they're not getting new subscribers like they were in 2016 through like 2018 that, you know, like if you have the password sharing rules, (laughs) it's why it goes up in price every Mm -hmm. four months. Because again, like, they're holding a shelf holder. So they have to find a a new way to squeeze out a nickel. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And like, what's the royalty revenue look like in the streaming age? No one knows yet. And it's really kind of shitty, you know, like that really does suck. Like these people, especially if they're getting paid like 
you know, the minimum of what you're allowed to get paid on a film set, you like rely on those royalties, you know, and you deserve those royalties because you made somebody else fucking billions, you know, like, uh, Sean Gunn, uh, James Gunn's brother did an interview, uh, from the, I guess the picket line or whatnot about, uh, yeah, yeah, he was talking about Disney's, uh, CEO, Bob Iger, if memory serves. And, Mm -hmm. uh, just, He's pointing out that in the 80s, the person in that role would have made about 30 times what his lowest paid employee makes. But now he makes 400 times that. So it's like they're so disconnected from what the average person fucking experiences. Yeah. Bob Iger's salary was like $350 million last year. The head of Warner Brothers was $500 million last year. It's half a billion dollars. Yeah. And they're... I'm sure that they're fucking trying to manipulate the news <laughs> fucking and everything to to not have it seem like they're the bad guys in this. Sure. Of course. And and a lot of the uh the consumers are complaining. They're like spoiled actors or spoiled yes, writers. Just exactly. give me my give me my goobly gobble. You know what I mean? <laughs> um right, I want the goobly gobble to junk, uh food, entertainment and everything, but it's yeah. No, there's old stuff I can watch. <laughs> yeah, but you also want people to be compensated for yeah, what I want they that do. more than yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's also like an incentive for people to work harder if you pay them to do it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, there's incentive in compensation. You fucking idiots. You know that's literally how it works. And um, we were talking about artificial intelligence before, and that's like the other scary part, not just with the actors thing where they want to scan these, you know, pay to play fucking background, background actors. actors. Mm-hmm. So own they can just their right, own the, their likeness rights in perpetuity and being able to use it however they want to kind of use. Yeah. You wouldn't have to pay experts anymore if you can get enough of them. Yeah, that's really shitty on top of the kind of fear on the writer's end of things with things like chat VPT and all of these yeah. uh, AI kind of um, chat bots. Um, like all the right nonsense screenplays that are decent enough to be punched up by like one random guy. Yeah. I, I think every single show on CBS at this point, that like our moms and grandparents watch can probably be written by a bot. Like you feed them a pilot episode, you feed them what the actors look like and what their character traits are. And it could shit out an episode of like the big bang theory or NCIS like instantly, you know? Yeah. And that, fucking sucks that's scary you know what i mean um and i'm sure it could even like pre-visualize and storyboard it for you so people could just show up and make this thing super quick and if you didn't have to have any extra people other than the minimum people who are in it at a certain point we're just gonna be watching animation everything's going to be animation written by robots yeah I mean, there's certain parts of like things I watch now where I don't know if it's animation or not. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the big one. You know, that's the big one. And and there's obviously like an art form to computer generated imagery where like I don't want to like dismiss it. I know you don't want to either. Um, Where like it is such a cool tool. And, you know, we did an episode around Christmas on Avatar The Way of Water and 
that is something that I have no idea what I was watching and what was real and what was not real the entire time. But I was like visually floored because there was some sort of crazy like mix of wizardry and artistry going yes. on there. Like there was like actual magic possibly happening. We're not sure if uh, James Cameron has sold his soul to a mystical uh, being malevolent or otherwise. Um, so like CGI should exist, but to exist in perpetuity of replacing like human craft for mm-hmm for the purpose of like saving a buck is fucked. It's fucked. Fucked, fucked, fucked. It is. Yeah. Fucked, fucked, fucked. All right. So enough with the bummer stuff. What what do we got on the good <laughs> side of things? Uh, the Black Panther game is further along uh, for like some promotional material. No trailer or anything yet, but it seems to actually exist at some point. Uh, and someone exciting is making this game now. Uh, I don't recall at this point. <laughs> I, I think EA so. Me. Yeah, EA is making it. It's going to be a single player game. They don't have a lot of details on it, but Cliffhanger Games, like a, a new studio through EA, is developing the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a single player story mode fucking uh, Black Panther game would be a blast. Like, he's got a fun be. power set. Yeah, yeah. Right? And like the Arkham game, something like that. Just in the jungle or a future society hidden in the jungle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like in or out of Wakanda, like it would be a blast to just, especially if it was like kind of like open world within mm-hmm. within fucking uh, Wakanda. That would be like absolutely cool. Absolutely cool to explore, you know? Yeah, yeah. Does EA uh, have a good uh, track record in terms of like these kinds of games? I'm not like much of a gamer. Uh, not. Uh, they've done some stuff that's really good, and then others they've tried to milk every penny out of your wallet. Uh, yeah, I play 2K sport games, so I know. Yeah, about so it. you know. Yes. Yeah. They yeah, treat yeah, you yeah. guys bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have no idea. I'm again uh, like I create games. content for the, the WWE uh, games and. Mm-hmm. Uh, wrestling fans are poor, so we don't get nickel and dime quite so hard. It's yeah, poor yeah. basketball fans. That's yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm like the guy who like I I buy. That's like the only video game I really do play is is yeah. NBA 2K, and I get it every fucking year. Poor it's, it's it's the eighty dollars I spend on video mercy. games every year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They they own. They're the only company that owns the rights to make a basketball game anymore. It's not like it was when I was a kid where I was like, I have Dan Marino football, Madden, Techno Bowl. Like I had yeah, all these yeah. options. You know what I mean? Um, Cliffhanger has already brought together accomplished, talented uh, team with leaders from critically acclaimed and innovative action adventure games like Middle Earth, Shadows of Mordor, along That's with veteran. That is a good game. Yeah, that's a bummer. Uh, veterans of top franchise, including Halo Infinite, Gods of War, God of War, and uh, the Call of Duty series, as well as others. So maybe they have the right people working on it, you know? Yeah, it can't be any worse than the Avengers game they put out. Eh. It can't. That was Square Enox, right? Yeah, 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 that's right, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Is the new Final Fantasy game, like, any good at all? Uh, I played, like, Five minutes of the demo. It wasn't for me. Uh, it doesn't. 
I like the Final Fantasy series, but I like when it was turn based and this mm-hmm. is like an action game. Yeah, I heard they kind of like turned away from the turn based stuff, and that was what I really kind of got into with it. Like I used to play Tactics, which was like the hard one, you know. Yes, like, yes, it I was. was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I just want to remaster tactics and fucking like Final Fantasy six uh, proper and uh I'm good. Uh, yeah. They're doing seven, which is fun, which is fun. They, so. Yeah, they released the first part of the remake for that. I uh I think it's fun, like the whole like advertising campaign for this new Final Fantasy is a bunch of people being like just because it says 16 doesn't mean you had to have played 15 of these. Like it's it's a bunch of celebrities being like this story has the basic concept of Final Fantasy where they're all standalone. Yep. Yep. Fucking. Yep. Yeah. 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 It's so funny. It's just a bunch of like hot celebrities and athletes basically saying that in front of the camera and like pretending to play a video game. It's not just for weebs anymore. <laughs> I have muscles and boobs, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't like it. I like it even less now that you've told me that they. <laughs> Yeah, maybe I'll check it out. Who knows? Uh, I like news. Uh, <laughs> it's more uh, positive news. Uh, mm-hmm. Our dear departed friend Kamala Khan is coming back from the grave uh, in the comics, of course. Uh, As a zombie? No. <laughs> <laughs> sort of, no. Uh, coming back as a mutant. Can be uh, with the X-Men in some capacity, I assume. They're keeping some of her heritage with the Inhumans. I I don't believe that, but okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I assume Lot Job will still get to hang out. They get her on the weekends or something. Yeah, imagine. <laughs> this didn't last very long. She's been dead all of like four weeks. Yeah, yeah. I, I was, I think, overestimating when I said two months earlier. Yeah, I don't think it's even been mm-hmm. that long. Uh, written by uh, Mon Verani, the actress who plays her in the movies. I kind of feel bad for her because uh, <laughs> she's yeah. hate because this is fucking a terrible decision and it's not her fault. Eh? She said it's, uh, she's quoted as saying, This was way scarier than joining the MCU for me. Those projects <laughs> feel like they live in their own dimension, so I guess I can separate myself easier. Yeah, yeah. But you can hold a comic book. I've never written anything before in my entire life, but I've read so many comics. So I just wrote what I would want to read. I was given a very professional tool to write what is essentially my own fan fiction. Okay. So, so she threw it in jet, jet GPT and then it... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The new, uh, uh, the, the new series will be called Miss Marvel colon The New Mutant. Okay. Okay. Uh... Have you seen her uh, mutant design? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have. It, it, it's a very okay X-Men costume. Uh, it's the Miss Marvel fucking yeah. costume in blue <laughs> and yellow. Yeah, like yeah. One, yeah, and like an x thrower. Like I had this little Kitty Pride toy, and it looks a lot like that. Like it looks like, you know, except for the, the bandana around the neck on Kitty mm-hmm. Pride is like just a sash around her. Um, I love this Kitty Pride toy because her butt is obnoxious. <laughs> I remember when I got this, and I'm just like, this is crazy. You're looking at it now, right? It's crazy. Yes, yes, yes. It. Uh, it's bodacious. It's bodacious. Um, we have to believe that her resurrection is going to have something to do with uh, the 
Krakoa activity that's been going on in the X-Men comic books that allowed for the majority of the X-Men to um constantly uh yeah. revive. They yeah. had to be getting worse at their job each time since they die a lot more often now. Um, mm-hmm. Apparently. Do you know who's drawing the series for? No, no, I haven't heard any of that. Jamie McKelvey, who is fucking awesome. He uh, was actually the artist on a Young Avengers run that you and I talk quite yes, a bit about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as well great. as a yeah, it's great. It's that's a very very fun comic book that does some really interesting things with the medium. Remember, it's the Young Avengers with Kieran Gillen writing and Jamie McKelvey. Yeah, yeah, this is the second uh, Young Avengers one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as much as I like to talk about Children's Crusade on this podcast, that's not that one. Um, he also did a book called uh, The Wicked and the Divine for Image, which is a blast. Very good like, there, too. Yeah, fantastic artist. Minimalist in a lot of ways. Um, and maximalist in its layouts and things along those lines and creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, she was like, I'm a huge fan of Jamie McKelvey. And like, she gives all the right answers. Like, you know, yeah. she, yeah, she, I, I believe, I, she I believe she's reading comic books. So like, I don't, she's not lying about any of that. It's just fucking, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I believe her, you know, and I know a lot of people on the internet probably like to hate on her because not only is she a woman, she is brown, but, yeah. uh, you know, she, she seems like she actually knows her shit. And I'm, I'm happy someone got their success like this little chick. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, I hope Marvel's is good just for the sake of the fucking movie itself. Not so much. Like, I just like, if that's a bad one, it's going to be a bummer because it's going to get ragged through the coals by a bunch of really loud people on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless of if it's good or not. The trailer looks fun at least. Yeah. Uh, Better than the show you're watching now. At least. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And it allows uh, the show we're watching now to have no stakes because Nick Fury is still alive. Yes, yes. Uh, who knows what information they may reveal before that movie comes out. To give it He's a zombie! <laughs> He's a scroll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what happens when you fuck a scroll? You turn into a scroll. Yeah, some Venom 3 news here with Gretel uh, mm-hmm. Ijea 4. I fucked that up, I'm sure, but... Well, Ijea 4? I don't yes, know. Yes, yes. Uh, the play Baron Mordo in the Doctor Strange movies is... Going to be in Venom three, probably not as Doctor Strange or as Baron Mortal, but yeah, I hope not. Imagine, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no telling. The TVA people are going to be in fucking Deadpool three, so who knows? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Tom Wamscam as a as a uh, TVA agent, something I'm really looking forward to. Yes, yes. Uh, I like this actor quite a bit, though. Um, I know, you know, his his like big thing was uh was was being in the Doctor Strange movies, but he was also in like Twelve Years a Slave. Which I was, was going like, to say when you said the big thing, I thought that's what we were going to say. Yeah, yeah, we don't know that. The that's most like profitable the, thing, maybe. Is, yeah, yeah. The most profitable thing is yeah, Doctor Strange, but like you know, he was in um he was in the fucking Twelve Years a Slave, which is a, a powerful movie that I don't watch a lot, but when I did watch, I went, oh my god, that was. That was a lot, you know, and yeah. and I love Steve McQueen as as a filmmaker. So, um, you know, he's he's real deal. I'm looking forward to him, and he's worked with a lot of good people. I'm like looking at his filmography now. Like he was in Amistad, so he's worked with Spielberg. He's worked with Spike Lee, Woody Allen, John Singleton, Joss Whedon, Ridley Scott, David Mamet, Steve McQueen, Ridley Scott again. 
Scott Derrickson, Garth Davis, John Favreau. He, he voiced Scar in The Lion King. That oh. yeah, that movie that they say is live action, but it's really just animated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's also in The Old Guard, a movie I really like, and I kind of like preach about being like, that's a good movie. Like, I, I trash do. Netflix you a do. lot, but uh, that's a fun one. That's a fun one. Mm-hmm. They should let Gina Prince by the wood uh, make an X Men movie. I think she'd be good at it. Mm-hmm. Bunch of uh, Superman Legacy casting news this week. Yeah. Uh, Guy Gardner, uh, Hot Girl, Mr. Terrific, and Metamorpho. Uh, kind of surprised we know all these people are going to be in it. I don't know if it was like leaks or what, huh? It was it, it's directly in Vanity Fair. Like that's where it like came out from. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. And like some of the actors that are talking about the roles now too. Uh, and James Gunn has said that Guy Gardner will have his bowl cut, as Nathan Fillion is playing him, and he wants to give his friend a bowl cut. Yeah, that would be a fun. And and I think again, I know a lot of people are like Nathan Fillion should be that. Nathan Fillion should be this. Like Nathan Fillion's kind of old. Like, do not cast that guy as like a lead in anything. Yeah, like, yeah. I, like, we watched yeah. Guardians three not too long ago, and they mentioned mm-hmm. the same thing. I was thinking uh, on our Facebook group where that's a good. He's playing a guardian, a guy gardener esque character in that kind of yep. just a kind of a jerk. Fucking mm-hmm. <laughs> loud mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I think I can see it. I'm curious to like what extent they're going to be in this film as. Um, that is the other question. Like, uh, I assume Superman's already an established character if all these people are in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but we also know like Metamorpho and and uh, they have an actor cast as as Mister Terrificer in this. And um, yes, I'm not familiar with him. The guy playing Metamorpho, I know because he played Zaz on uh, Gotham, and mm-hmm. he's uh, in Barry on HBO. Yep, a show that is probably pretty good. But I'm only watching it. <laughs> it's yeah. like really good. I watched a couple episodes. I was like, oh, "That's a really good show," and then I just never watched it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's good. That's yeah, fair. I'm doing that with the bear right now. Like, I watched a couple <laughs> episodes of the bear. I think, oh, this is really good, and I just like never fucking yeah. watch it again. Yeah, yeah. He's a freaky looking dude, though, and Metamorpho is a freaky looking character. Yeah, I can absolutely see it visually. Mm-hmm. But like, um, Metamorpho, Mister Terrific, um, those are like fringe DC characters that I expect James Gunn to knock out the fucking park. Yeah, yeah, it is kind of the the Guardians thing. The this. His the Suicide Squad thing, or oddball characters kind of. Yeah, it's like a bummer that that uh, HBO Max DC Infinite Doom Patrol show exists because that's something that fucking Gun would kill if he got to do the Doom Patrol, yeah, right? Yeah. And and like beating Marvel to the punch of the X Men and doing it like cooler would have been kind of fun. You know what I mean? <laughs> Um, cause you know, before like Graham Morrison, you know, famous comic book writer, uh, has a, had a pretty famous run on the X-Men and kind of like reinvigorated the franchise after the big muscly nineties and the collapse of the comic boom and the industry and everything yeah. came back with the new X-Men. He was the guy who revitalized it and he made it weird. You always joke. It's uh the X-Men book that should have been an Inhumans book. Right. 
Um, yes, yes, that is what it makes me think of because the, all of his mutants were a little gross and off-putting. Yeah, but but Morrison made his name and kind of cut his teeth in comics, especially American comics, with with DC and Vertigo doing the Doom Patrol, which is kind of what like. They're DC's gross, weird cousins of the mutants, kind of, yeah. you know? They're the sad, mopey, soap opera superheroes <laughs> on DC's side. And and having the Terrifics um, as a team with, like, Plastic Man, Phantom Girl joining uh, Metamorpho and Mr. Terrific would be would be really fun. And Beating Marvel with the Punch with the Fantastic Four. At least three. That would be fun, right? Yeah. And... Um, I don't know. Like I like uh, I like Hawkgirl as a character. I think she's a fun character. I think DC kind of did Hawkman like zero justice in oh in the uh, the, uh, the Black Adam film. Yeah, yeah. Like it was so <laughs> silly, and Hawkman's yeah. such like a fun, weird fucking character. You know, like yeah. Hot Girl had a, a big arc in the Justice League cartoon uh, way back when. Justice uh, League Infinite, right? Uh unlimited. Yes, yes. Uh, where she's a traitor at one point, and it's mm-hmm. something they had planned from the very beginning, but kept secret. Kind of the writers did. Yeah, and, and we know. Yeah, good good character in general, and like we also know, like there's this um, Max original Green Lantern television series that's like supposed to be like True Detective in space or something like I that. So like about that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like just setting up like the Green Lantern Corps exists and here's what it is. I hope these aren't just like phoned in cameos. I do trust in James Gunn to like do the right things with yeah, this stuff. Yeah, surely not. With Yeah, yeah, I would I would hope not. It's not like they're Howard the fucking duck. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. No. 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 Yeah, it'll it'll be fun, man. It'll it'll I, I have more faith in that at this point than I do in any of the Marvel Cinematic Universe outings, including mm-hmm. next week's uh, penultimate episode of uh, Secret Invasion, which you can hear our thoughts on next week at the MCU Beyond Infinity podcast. If you want to reach out to us, you can always email us at Podcast at gmail.com or join in the conversation at the MCU Beyond Infinity podcast Facebook group, a wonderful place that Kira Travis and I have started to talk any and all things related to Hawkman, the Terrifics, Abel Ferrara, um, probably Mission Impossible, Fallout, Barbie Heimer, Marvel Cinematic Universe, and and Secret Invasion in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel bad that we had to cover this this week. I know like you're like, let's watch it on Wednesday. And then you texted me and you're like, your call. I'm like, let's just fucking do it. Yeah. You're like, at least surely we could squeak an hour out of it. I was like, we've done our hour and some. So I feel accomplished. Thankfully, it was a big news week. Thankfully. Thankfully. Yeah. All right. Until next week. My name is John. I'm Travis. And and I finally remembered my name this week. That was good. That's good. So. That's good. Yeah, one step over the line. <laughs> <laughs>